Hi everybody, welcome to Rachel's Reviews and we're really excited. We are talking about 2021, the year of animation and it was a pretty great year for animated films, I, in my opinion at least. And so I'm excited to get to talk uh, about the year in animation and who better to have on with me for this. We have Matt from Animat and thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Hey, it is my pleasure. And one, like, I already did a big recap of the animated films, or at least the big mainstream ones that we've gotten this year in the uh, in my top five best and worst animated films of 2021. But I definitely do agree that this year we've got some major great animated features. It's been a while since we've really had a year like this where mm -hmm. we got a whole bunch of noteworthy animated features. We had a few that yeah. you'll probably see were not so great, but a lot of them were an absolute blast, which we will definitely get into. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because they were able to keep working on animated films throughout most of the pandemic. So it, it was a very sort of fertile ground. And I think that's why we got so many, so many good ones this year and just so many animated films. Yeah, a so. good amount of them were supposed to be for 2020, but mm -hmm. due to the pandemic, of course, a lot of them had to be delayed to this year. And in a way, it did actually pay off. Sure, you do mm -hmm. have a handful that had to skip the big screen experience just so they could go and uh, put them up on streaming so that their release would be a case of like, let's just get it over with. But still, though, the amount that like we had more animated features than last year for sure and mm -hmm. on top of that um like when they are good they're definitely going to be those that we will remember even as highlights of the uh, pandemic yeah yeah definitely for sure <clears throat> yeah i was kind of saying the other day on twitter that everybody uh resolved their uh their pandemic quarantine uh problems with uh making musicals and animation and i've never felt more understood <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's like my favorite. So, all right, let's dive in. I, we're actually going to go kind of, in my opinion, worst to best uh, is kind of how I organized it. So, uh, and some okay. of these, <laughs> some of these uh, we've both seen, some of them I've only seen. Uh, so, you know, we'll go over the ones I've only seen real quick. Uh, my worst film of 2021, uh, total, not just the animation was America, the motion picture. Yes. And I mean, in, in fairness, this really wasn't made for me. And so I will kind of give it, but I felt like I should have enjoyed it at least a little bit. I just thought it was so repetitive in the jokes and it was just like one joke of like, Oh, these are these important people being disgusting and gross. And, uh, you know, it's like, I don't really want to see the like j jerk fraternity version of Hamilton. Like that's not for me. And I, I thought the animation wasn't good. I just didn't like it. It it was not for me. No, I really don't blame you. And I'm, I just got to say that I don't think it, like, it, it's not really a case of this movie is not for you. I really feel like this is a case where this movie just screwed up badly. For me, it's been honestly a very long time that I saw a new animated feature and right afterwards, I just felt like I was sitting there and saying, wow, I hate this. Mm -hmm. I actually really hate this movie. And my biggest problem with it is that this is a movie that should have worked. It had no excuse to be this bad, but this really should have been a case where it 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 should have worked because this is yeah it's it's kind of like this fret boy 
um, interpretation of the founding of America. And it could have been done well if it were this um, like Adult Swim type stupid kind of um, a, a, like stupid kind of movie, you mm-hmm. know, in the style of like what we've seen with Aqua Teen Hunger Force or whatever. Yeah. And on top of that, the people who have worked on it, these are the kinds of people that definitely would do this project justice. Like we got the creators of Archer and one of which is actually the director. We had Phil Lord and Chris Miller producing it, which um, they, which they've already done clone high, which that that's a movie that is kind of like in that style. So they would have been perfect. And like, we already got like all these great comedians and funny people like mm-hmm. Andy Samberg, Shandy Tatum uh, and many, many more, but none of it worked. And you could tell that there is a little bit of that Lord and Miller style of um, of comedy into it because this is like rapid fire humor that they would shoot one after another, similar to the Lego Movie, but none of it works. And yeah. be- because it, it, the the problem with it is that it is so stupid that it's so unaware that it's stupid, and it just keeps on going, delivering bad joke after bad joke that it just becomes increasingly frustrating as you are watching it. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I'll say like I could see where there are some ideas that are pretty cool but it's just that the execution of it is so terrible that it really feels exhausting while you're watching it 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 just feels exhausting that it keeps delivering you all these horrendous and cringy jokes again and again and again that it's just not worth the experience going through and it's so repetitive like I just felt like it was the same joke of like here's shocking here's you know Martha Washington and her you know being gross and this, you know like it's just it was the same joke over and over again but with like different historical figures each time and I, I don't know I just like I like Rick and Morty and that's pretty you know it's pretty sarcastic and pretty you know acerbic in in its tone and everything and and so I I'm not like against something that's more of a mature content that could have been funny um but but humor the the laughter solves all if i'm laughing you know then then i'm laughing and i'm enjoying it and i don't really care if the you know about the plot or the repetitive if it's funny laughter solves all and this just wasn't funny and it was just unpleasant so that was my worst of the year yeah and one Um, more one more thing i just want to add that it's because of america the motion picture and this might be a little bit of a hot take but it makes me worried about um next year or in 2022 technically with uh spider-man across the spider-verse part one mainly mm-hmm. because um one of, because the writer of America the Motion Picture David Callahan is also a part of the writing team with Lord and Miller. And Was he part of the first Spider-Man, do you know? First I don't in think so, Spider-Verse? not at all. Ooh, that does make me a little worried. That's the that's the one like granted the trailer is amazing so but if America the Motion Picture is any clue of like what could be yeah. to come it, it kind of makes me dread a little but yeah, that I, does I don't make know me I could nervous. totally be wrong I could totally be wrong but yeah we'll we'll just wait and see with how this goes and just really hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. All right, well my next least favorite <laughs> animated film of 2021 was earwig and the witch and i was pulling for this i was pulling for gora to succeed i wanted it to be good it was i thought terrible i mean 
it, it had no story. It was all just set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. But, you know, you get introduced to all these characters. There was no story. Nothing happened. And the animation was terrible. I hated it. And I don't know. I just, I couldn't believe how bad it was. I was kind of shocked. And yeah, I do hold Studio Ghibli up to a higher standard. But even, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was bad. Yeah, uh, personally, I have yet to see it, which the more I hear about it, the thankful that I am, because it really is starting to hear like Earwig is the chicken little of Studio Ghibli, yeah. where this is their first fully, com- yeah, their first fully computer animated feature, but their first shot at it, it was just, whew, it was, it was awful. And I th- prefer, I would rather watch Chicken Little than watch this. There at least is a story there. There's no story here. It is all just like, it's like watching a pilot for a show. I described it as the Artemis Fowl of Studio Ghibli because that was the way Artemis Fowl was to me. It was just like building up no story. It's all introductions. And uh, so, yeah, it was bad. You made a good choice. Um, All right. Next, I have Boss Baby Family Business. And I just don't like this franchise. I just don't think it's funny. I just, there's a whole talking baby thing. It's just not for me. The mini Trump, I don't like it. <laughs> and I I just thought this one was more unpleasant than the first one. Uh, they were just fighting the whole time. And uh, I did like the little girl. I thought she was pretty good. And I wish the movie had been more about her. Uh, but uh, anything which one, got back by the to way? the way? What's that? Which one? Because technically there are two little girls. The, um, the like kindergartner, the one that's going to school. Ah, okay. Okay. But the Jeff Goldblum, the villain was horrible. I hated it. And I don't know. I just, it was not for me. I, neither of them. It's just not the franchise for me. Okay. This is okay. For me, I'm going to be very honest. I agree, but also disagree at the same time. I get that this movie is not for you. And yeah, this is not really that good of a movie. But for me personally, I feel like this is better than the first boss baby. But again, that doesn't mean that it's good. But the, the big thing about family business, I feel like it's just absolutely chaotic. Uh, in fact, I would say amongst all the animated films that we got this year, this is the most insane because this is the one that goes the most over the top, the one that goes the most chaotic. It's just like one one scene after another of just pure madness. But then again, there are some things that I personally feel like it does better than the first film. Uh, there is actually some I, I find that there are there is some actual noticeable heart like with the little girl and um, and uh, it's not her dad. Yeah, with, with her dad. I think it's that was the best part of the movie by far. Yeah. And also the animation, I feel like really does embrace a lot more of its own style, like really going with that UPA look into it. Mm-hmm. And the, like it, it does help to make the chaotic scenes fun. And I will admit there are some things where like, I, like I get it's bad, but it's also kind of inadvertently funny. Like, Jeff Goldblum's character, like yeah, he, I feel like his underacting really adds into it. Just like the the pure chaoticness of the whole scene, and especially <laughs> with his character, that he's actually like this baby in disguise trying to take over the world, and yet his voice is so unapologetically Jeff Goldblum. And even the scenes like when he has to be like real, like 
has to let out the strongest emotions like oh no no ah like okay that i gotta admit it's like it's bad but it's hilarious also (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it just makes me sad because here you have dreamworks animation the people who created prince of egypt have done incredible beautiful stunning art and here this year they made a talking baby sequel and a and a spinoff from one of their sport, one of their horse, their horse series. I mean, it just makes me sad. Like DreamWorks should do better. Like they're an incredible studio. I, they, they have incredible talent. Why are they making these movies? Why are they greenlighting these movies? What is happening? I mean, I'm so hopeful for this, this one. Um, I can't think of the name, but the new one. Um, oh, the bad guys, the bad guys. I, I'm really hopeful for that. That looked pretty good. The trailer, because this year was rough for DreamWorks. It was not good. Yeah, I think like it, it's been pretty rough for a while. Like for me, I find that the last really good DreamWorks movie was How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And I mean, yeah, yeah there were a few like Trolls World Tour. They were okay, but they were not up to like the standards that we admired once from DreamWorks. And I really do hope so as well. I think like I could speak for everyone when I say that like we want to see a good DreamWorks film. We want to see them make like really awesome movies. And the trailer that we have seen so far for the bad guys was extremely impressive. And we hope yeah. that 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 high standard can like be achieved once again with that film. Like we want to see, mm. you know, we want to be excited for a DreamWorks movie again. But so far, the stuff that they've delivered is it's not really promising us. Like when you're delivering us stuff like Boss Baby and Trolls. It's, it's not a good look, especially no. when apparently in 2023, there's going to be a third Trolls movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it's bad. Yeah. All right. Real quick, I will talk about CryptoZoo. This was an indie film that I watched at Sundance. And I actually really liked uh, the director, Dash Shaw, his first movie, My Entire High School Sinking into the Sea. I thought that was funny and creative. This one was just too much. I did not care for it. Uh, it's it's extremely R-rated, and it seemed like they just wanted every chance to have nudity in the movie as possible, which I guess if you did interesting things with that, maybe. But I don't know. Just It felt exhausting. <laughs> there wasn't a good story. And uh, and so that was disappointing because, like I said, I really did enjoy his, his first uh, – the first film that I saw of his, this – I would say it's a skip. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I didn't see this one, but I will say when doing research for it, I got a feeling that this is going to be one that will be quickly forgotten by the public because yeah. if you write down CryptoZoo on Google or stuff like that, then they're going to legit send you to like crypto stuff or like NFT <laughs> like coins and stuff. Yeah, so it'll send you <laughs> to all those coins. So I think like with, with, with that yeah. title is definitely misleading. But yeah, if yeah. it's not really good, then eh, I, I don't out. think I'll... Check out my entire my entire high school sinking in the sea. That one is good. This one not good. All yeah, right, I'll definitely check that one out. Yeah, and then we have the Adams Family too. I actually enjoyed the first one more than most. I thought it was entertaining, um, and so I was I I thought oh well they can they can make it even better for the second one. No, they didn't. I thought this was a really boring movie. I just the whole road trip and I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think the animation was very good. I the whole thing with Wednesday, is she really an Adams and that whole plot? It just 
the whole thing just did nothing for me. And it's such a shame because it has such potential. They have such a great cast and there's no reason why this couldn't have been good, but it wasn't good in my opinion. Yeah. For me, honestly, I really wasn't a fan of the 2019 Adams family movie. In fact, I actually consider it one of the most stereotypical animated features that you can imagine, like one of the most stereotypically generic and bland, filled with every cliched element from like the all-star cast uh, to the low-budget animation to the plot lines that they use. It, it really is the kind of animated feature that, like, when you think of something, like when when you try to put the pieces together of what a generic animated film is, the Adams Family is totally it, and the Adams Family too very much continues that tradition and for me like like if it weren't for america the motion picture this is one this would have been my least favorite because it's pretty much the same bland nature as before just following the same generic tropes even when they go outside like even when they do their little road trip like they just go from one generic place to the next and even like the characters are not really that appealing there's there's nothing that's really grabbing my attention there's not really anything that is fun and i mean granted the cast like they are enjoyable they they could be pretty fun but uh other than that though there's just nothing about it that's like memorable or really fun or even like there, there's nothing about it that's even memorably bad about it it's just everything about it is so bland yeah i agree i agree especially the second one uh all right, next I have Wish Dragon. This was uh, from Sony, uh, went straight to Netflix. This to me was also, I, I do like the animation, but I thought the story was so derivative of everything I've seen a million times. And uh, so I yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, th- this is an interesting case, honestly, because with Wish Dragon, I, I saw that it does have a little bit of its own following. Like there are some people like they love wish dragon, but Mm -hmm. for me personally, I find it to be just decent. It's okay. Like, yeah, the animation is fine. There is some acting that's actually pretty good. And I could see the potential of what they want to do. Like I get the whole point, but for me, yeah. And this is a bit, this is another hot take, but personally, I just find that it's a little too dependent on trying to be like Disney's Aladdin. Like, yeah, yeah, you can make an Aladdin out of, yeah, like you can make um, an Aladdin adaptation just fine, but in this one, there's just way too many comparisons to Disney's Aladdin, and I mean, get like regardless of which one would it be, the 1992 film or the 2019 movie, but in this case here, there's just so many things that are way too familiar to the point that I'm just watching it and only asking myself well what's the point of watching this when i could just watch a better movie like this and it's called aladdin so yeah. that, that's honestly my that's personal, how i felt too yeah that's honestly my biggest issue i could see the potential and on its own it's pretty fine but i i just personally prefer it when it's called aladdin and made by disney yeah uh so next we had spirit and this uh was a spinoff of the animated series, which was a, uh, like not really have anything to do with spirit. They still, you know, this in the original animated I mean, film. Actually, not really. I just want to say right now that it's a lot more complicated than it is. It's not really a spinoff. It's more like a reboot to the Netflix series. Yeah. Like that's a better of, word. Yeah. They're yeah, retelling it in word. a different way. And like the animation style is completely different, but yeah, you could go on. It's just like if, if people are expecting 
you know, like a sequel or something to do with Spirit of the Cimarron, it's not at all. Like, really, except for those horses. Um, and this, like, I think fans of the show and little girls are will be fine with it. It's just so average for DreamWorks animation uh, that I it makes me I sad. I wouldn't really say it's average. It's just meh. Like yeah. it, it's more closer to like on the generic side, like with Adam's Family too. And you could tell this is one of their lower budgeted animated features because that's a thing now that DreamWorks Animation is doing is that they're not, like they're not producing all their animated features on their own. There are some that like they would they would outsource mm-hmm. the animation to somewhere else. And there are those that can have some good results. Like I really enjoyed Captain Underpants. Yeah. But um when it comes to spirit, however, it's just it it, it really does does feel a bit pointless because it's not even like a spin-off that like really is made for the fans. It's it's again, it's a reboot of the Netflix series and like really what they show, it feels I, I think the best way to describe it is that it feels empty. Because um, yeah. it really is just like, oh, it's little girls on horses and they go on an adventure. And that's pretty much it. And even with the animation, what they present, it really, like the, the town that they're in, it, it often feels like a ghost town where like there are very few people in there in the first place. It that's really true. feels like there's too much open space and not enough to like really fill it uh, with stuff that could really grab my attention. So that's how I personally feel with uh, mm-hmm. Spirit. It's just an empty movie. Yeah, I I thought that it would be fine for like little girls who love horses and I don't know. I guess people who like the show, but but yeah, I've never seen the show, so what do I tell? But um, next up, and maybe it, it's a hot take that I have it this high. I have Tom and Jerry next, and I guess I'm I feel like I'm the only person in the world who got some enjoyment out of this film. Um, I liked the animation. I thought it was kind of cool the way it was this sort of 2D animation in the, and they didn't do this sort of Smurfs CG route. It had that kind of flat look about it, which I, I thought looked really cool. And I don't know. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, it's not like great. I have it pretty low on my list, but I definitely liked it more than most. So yeah definitely enjoyed it more than me i can tell you that (laughs) oh man tom and jerry honestly i personally would put it real like i would put it close to america the motion picture that i just despise this movie (laughs) it's just so bad even with the animation i get the direction that they're going and there are some times that actually do work but I feel like the mixture of that two D st- of that animation style and put it in a live action environment, like a lot of it, often feels out of place, and the effect of trying to look two D doesn't even work. It really feels like you're modding Grand Theft Auto, and you're just putting uh, models of Tom and Jerry just running around. That's what it <laughs> honestly feels like while you're watching it. And on top of that, it, like it, it, it suffers the same problems as the Tom and Jerry movie back in the early 1990s, where there's barely a plot. The movie is not really about Tom and Jerry in the first place. And it's just filled with a bunch of like unappealing characters. And and it has this overall mean spirited tone. That's not really enjoyable. Well, I think that's kind of part of Tom and Jerry. I mean, they, you know, they're hurting each other, basically the whole things. And, um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think maybe this is just a property that works better in shorts. It's just not something that is good for feature films. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I get it because trying to make a movie based on Tom and Jerry, that's a serious challenge. That is extremely difficult. Like, I, I, I won't deny that, but they're, they're, like, I, I'm not saying that it, it's impossible either. There are ways that you can do so. This, for me at least, is not it. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have I have a pretty big gap between the this part of the list and then the rest of the list. So this, uh, actually, but- before uh, before we continue, uh, like there's one that I noticed that you didn't add to the list. I just want to know if you have any quick thoughts on Space Jam: A New Legacy, because if you are going to add Tom and Jerry, wouldn't uh, mm-hmm. Space Jam also count? Yeah, I mean, we just had so many. I was afraid we would be uh, uh, I had to make some cuts, but but yeah, um, Space Jam: New Legacy. I thought it was okay i didn't hate it like other people did it wasn't great um i don't know i i kind of liked the whole section where they were going around collecting all the looney tunes i thought that was really fun uh and i i don't know it's a, a lot of mess <laughs> to it <laughs> they had too too many things way too many characters that's for sure going on yeah, yeah. and lebron james is not the best actor uh I didn't hate it. Like it is in my, in my bottom 10, but um, it wasn't great. Yeah. I wish it had been better. Honestly, same here, but I would say it is just, I'm, I'm more on the camp to say that it is flat out bad. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the ideas that they have, like trying to create like this, this Warner brothers style universe, but everything just feels way too unapologetically commercialized. I hated yeah. LeBron James in this movie. Not just like, it's not just that he's a bad actor, but the way he's written is like, uh, he he's a despicable father as well. So like I, I, and if I can't get on board with LeBron James, I just really can't get on board with the movie yeah. in general. And it's true. Yeah. It's just, I, I feel like it is a bit of a mess. It really is a case of be careful what you wish for, because like for about like what, 25 years, people demanded a space jam too. Well, now you got it. Are you happy now? No. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, actually talk about Paw Patrol, the movie next. Yeah. So Paw Patrol, the movie, you reviewed it on your channel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, you were pretty positive about it. I actually had a good time with it. Yes. For, for what it is. For little kids. It's for very small children. Like under five. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's <laughs> Paw Patrol. It's unde- like it is unapologetically and undeniably meant for small audiences, for little, little children. But with that said, I personally feel like Paw Patrol is one of the biggest surprises of the year because I personally actually had a blast with it. Like yeah. they really went uh oh, they really did go up and beyond where like, yeah, it's like a lot of it is very cheesy, especially like with the villain who's just so over the top evil, but it kind of adds into the fun. But mm-hmm. then yeah. there are times like when like it can get pretty serious and sh- uh, shockingly enough, pretty intense for a movie made for that kind of audience where like it definitely has some pretty um, like, a, a, a lot a lot of action that is truly noticeable and true uh, like well not just noticeable but like really engaging and um like really puts the the, the pups uh, on like in a matter of life and death and yeah. especially with the animation where they did a great job leveling up the animation from the show 
where they mm-hmm. take the visuals and they really did give it a nice polish with the anime, with the, the, yeah. z- the designs, the textures that it really did look great. Well, and the one puppy that uh, has like the uh, abandonment issues, like I was like, this is getting pretty intense. <laughs> oh yeah, of course with, uh, yeah, with Chase. Chance, or Chase, Chase. Yeah. Yes. Especially like it, it does have a surprising <laughs> amount of heart that even adults can like actually get yeah. into it. So mm-hmm. I it's not, keep in mind, Paw Patrol ain't great, but it definitely is a massive surprise where it, it's a movie where it's like a lot better than what it debatably should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All and right. I, that's why I'm excited for Paw Patrol 2 coming out in uh, 2023 actually. Yeah, me too. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the Summit of the Gods. And this is on Netflix. And I think a lot of people would have this a lot higher on their list than me. Um, it is incredible. The animation uh, when, they're, when they are climbing is unbelievable. Outstanding. Um, this, the parts when they're not climbing, though, to me, really dragged it down a lot. Like, I, why am I watching these people like drinking and having business meetings and pitching their, you know, their uh, their adventure, their expedition, whatever? I and I just didn't really. I was like, why do we even have any of that? I don't care about that. I don't care about the characters. I I just want to see the adventure and the the climbing. And uh, so pretty much any time that it went away from the climbing, which was a lot more than I was expecting, it lost me. And so I was not as high in this movie as most people are. Uh, honestly, I have yet to see it. But if it's available mm-hmm. on Netflix, I'd be interested to uh, check it out. I would and- not be I would not be shocked if, you know, there's a lot of times at the Oscars, there's sort of a random fifth movie that like everybody's. What is that movie? I wouldn't be surprised with how Netflix is pumping things. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see this there. It would not shock me uh, if this mm-hmm. was like I lost my body you know, that kind of a, a nominee. I do um, get it. But honestly, I probably have to disagree. I think uh, there's going to be one movie that we will talk about later that will get that spot no matter what. Um, and I mean, I, I, I wouldn't bet money on or anything, but if it did happen, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, a lot of people are putting this on really high in their rankings for animation. I just, it was a mixed bag for me. Um, all right. Next is Arlo the Alligator Boy. This is definitely one I would say is very underrated from this year. Um, I, I don't know. It just kind of came and went and nobody really talked about it. But the music was pretty good, pretty excellent. And the animation was good. It is a little slow. Uh, the pacing is a little slow. Uh, but um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, For me, honestly, I feel very mixed about it. It's almost similar to how I feel with Wish Dragon. Now, yes, I definitely do agree there's a lot of, like, great aspects of it. There are some moments in the animation It's where it actually does feature some very solid 2D animation. Some of the, in fact, I can pretty much say some of the best 2D animation of this year. And um, I definitely love the voice acting. They like the actors are very spot on, and they do a wonderful job. Um, especially, uh, especially, I think the main one who plays Ar- Arlo, Michael J. Woodward. I think that's his name. He did a, an impeccable job as Arlo. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but even the songs, like they could be. Yeah, the songs are good. Uh, yeah, they could be a lot more catchy than expected. I mean, they're, they're, they they are the kind that do feel like. 
the generic like safe to play on the radio and yeah okay yes uh, just double checked yes uh, uh, Michael J Woodward is play it does play as Arlo like yeah it is kind of like the typical uh, soundtrack you would hear on the radio but like they can actually be pretty solid and really easy to get into but then again I feel just like with Wish Dragon I just feel like it's a little too dependent on um like taking other source materials to t- to tell its story where you could see a lot of um a lot of spongebob to to take um like a lot of spongebob in terms of crafting its characters especially with arlo feels a lot like spongebob uh a lot of uh, amazing world of gumball with like mm-hmm. the designs and this like very round and oddball type looking characters as the main cast um, you also got the storylines where there's a lot of like the Muppet movie that feels similar of going to the swamp to the big city it's in order true. to achieve its goal. And even um, like one that I missed uh, from my review, but uh, there is a lot of comparisons also to Elf as well, where like, yeah, it does have that plot line where this is about this like overly positive uh, and ta- uh, ma- main character who goes to New York city in order to find his uh, wealthy father. So from there, I, I, it's just very conflicting for me. Like I do get it. This is like the point of it is to have Netflix, its own major animated series, starting with this um, movie and then following it with the series. I heart Arlo. But for me, I just feel like it's, it's a mixed bag where there is a lot of stuff that is not good, but at the same time, there are definitely a lot of notable great things about this movie yeah yeah i would say it's definitely worth worth a watch worth it worth a watch Mm -hmm. all right next we have vivo which also went to netflix uh from sony animation and uh, i enjoyed this i loved the animation it was beautiful uh the song that in general enjoyed and i i liked um i liked the characters except for gabby was a little grading in my opinion she got a little she was a little annoying to me um but um uh but other than that i enjoyed it honestly vivo for me i would put it a lot higher this Mm. to me for a while was my most anticipated movie from sony animation lin-manuel wanted to do this for over a decade it was supposed to be at dreamworks that they were they were going to do this but then um then in 2015 they had the massive downgrade which lin moved the project to sony animation a year later and here we are. And honestly, a lot of it actually paid off. Like this is the kind of movie where when it does something good, it's like the best the studio has done. Number one, the soundtrack to this day, yeah. I still listen to the soundtrack. It is phenomenal, especially with the uh, opening act of uh, one of a kind. I adore that song. Um, the characters are definitely great. And especially they do add a lot of heart, especially with uh, Vivo and Andres as well. Uh, they, they definitely have that on point. The animation style that they were going with something that is a bit more stylized, but something that's more reminiscent to um, uh, the art style that you would find like the, how can I put this? Like kind of the abstract simplified art style that you would find in like these, uh, uh, Caribbean records. Uh, they, they would, it's, it's the kind of music that you would see like either in jazz or, um, in Cuban music and stuff like that. They really emphasize the animation of the music. They did that beautifully. The one thing that 
kind of took it away from being amongst like the best of the best of this year is the middle part because like when Gabby enters the scene and I, I, I don't find her as grating as you personally, but I, I definitely do see where you're going with because I, I do feel like she almost ruined the movie where suddenly when she entered the scene, that's when the movie really becomes just this generic plot line of Vivo has to go from point A to point B and she meet, and he meets a whole bunch of of funny friends uh along the way it, it just becomes that kind of generic family animated film which is honestly a bit disappointing especially after it had such a, an amazing opening but still yeah. though um this is a case where the move the like the, the stuff that they did right they did so amazingly so yeah that the viva was definitely uh one of the highlights for me this year mm. i enjoyed it uh yeah um, all right, so then we have Ron's Gone Wrong is my next one, and I think this was a pretty strong start for Locksmith Animation. It wasn't perfect, but I liked the family. I thought they were funny, the Croatian family, and I loved the whole design of Ron. That like I'm like I want one of those. Those look really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's tough yes. because you can't help but compare this to Mitchell's versus machines, which was so much better. Um, and it also feels very big, big hero six ish to me, but I still overall enjoyed myself watching it. You know, to be honest, I do get it. Like I get that this is not the best animated film of the year. And yeah, there, there, there's a lot of flaws with this one, but I would say if there is one animated film that I would say is underrated, I would definitely say, excuse me i would definitely say is ron's gone wrong because yeah, i think it's this, underrated too yeah because this is actually one where like you wouldn't necessarily think much of it at first and especially like you said there are going to be those people that will undeniably go and compare this to mitchell's versus the machines because they would have a lot of very similar theming but then again, I feel like what it tries to do, it actually did so very well. Number one, uh, the relationship between Barney and Ron, I felt like it was actually very strong. And it was kind of like the main hook of this whole picture. Uh, they did make it feel genuine and really make it engaging. Uh, then there is also the uh, the message of technology. Again, this is something that Mitchells has done, but Ron's Gone Wrong, I feel like actually did so very well and really made it like really made it the highlight of this entire feature that it really has something to say about our modern technology and how that can affect our lives, especially when you look at the other kids uh, that are in Barney's life and how um, like how they want to use the technology and you know, kind of, kind of like how they let that go and shape their lives or try to use that in order to like make their lives seem more glamorous than what it may actually is. Mm -hmm. So overall, honestly, with Ron's Gone Wrong, yeah, honestly, it's not really that memorable compared to some other movies, but I felt like it was actually pretty solid. I, f I felt like it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty, um, it's worth yeah. watching. Honestly, like, yeah, give, I'll, give it a chance. Be, I'll be curious to see what Locksmith does next because I thought it was a pretty good start for a new studio. It'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I know that in the next following years, their next movies, they do have a multi year deal with uh, Warner Animation Group. So you got to keep an eye on the Warners to see what the future of Locksmith will be. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. Next, we have My Little Pony and New Generation. And what they had to do with this was pretty tough. I mean, because you got this established fan base that loves Friendship is Magic. And uh, they're they're doing this, basically, this sequel where they're introducing all new characters. That then this will be basically like the pilot for the for the new show. And I thought they did a great job. I, I really liked the new characters. All the voice acting was great. The animation I thought looked really good. I mean, it's not the same uh, flash animation that we got in French Ms. Magic, but, uh, but I thought that was good. Like make it your own, make it, make it its own thing, make it unique. And I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I liked the songs. Um, so I, I thought they did a great job with a pretty tough task. Yeah, it was not easy, honestly. And as a movie itself, I do find it to be fine. But honestly, for a starter of a new generation of My Little Pony and to follow um, Friendship is Magic, I think it really did its job very, very well. So in that context, um, I think already Generation 5 is off to a great start. And there are a lot of things that um, were actually very solid. Like, number one, the animation... Like, wow, that that was actually really, really good. Like taking a bit of the familiarity of uh, Friendship is Magic, that uh, Lauren Faust style design, but then translating it onto CG that actually does look appealing, that does mm. look charming, that has a uh, that has elements of old and new. Um, there's also like the songs are actually uh, a lot of fun as well. They could be pretty, you know, th- those can actually be pretty enjoyable. I do find the movie is a little bit too preachy when it comes to its message. Like it's a good message, mm. but they do hammer it a little bit too hard. But other than that though, I will say, um, my little pony fans will definitely, uh, I-, I think my little pony fans will definitely have their, uh, love for the franchise continue on with this. Like yeah. it's-, it's going to deliver something that, will be a lot of fun for everyone. Yeah, I agree. All right, next we now we're getting into to the real heavy hitters going forward. All right, so next we have Raya and the Last Dragon. And I really I really enjoyed this. The animation's beautiful, the action is great. I still think it would be more memorable if it had songs. I I just I know that not every Disney movie has to have songs, but for a princess movie uh, and for this kind of I want journey, I just feel like it would have fit to have songs. It would have made it better and more memorable. Uh, but uh, but that's not what they decided to do. Uh, but I, I, you know, I enjoyed Aquafina as the dragon. I uh, I had a lot of fun at Animationist Film getting to watch this. Uh, Kelly, Marie, Kelly Marie Tran was there uh, and the director. Um, I, re- I really thought it was a, a solid little movie. Um, I think the... I can understand why people were a little annoyed by the ending um, that, uh, you know, just sort of this idea that, why are you just supposed to trust everybody all the time? Uh, You know, like it was a little laid on a little thick. Uh, It could have been more nuanced, but uh, since it was somebody that she already had some experience with, I, I I feel like it was understandable that she could take the leap and trust, trust her. Uh, even though she'd been betrayed once before, um, but um, but nevertheless, I I still thought it was an overall positive message, and I liked Raya as a character, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a solid entry from Disney. 
Yeah, for me, honestly, Ryan the Last Dragon is one of the best animated films of 2022. And this might be a hot take, but personally, I find this to be one of Disney's best action-oriented movies. Like, this yeah. is a film that uh, Atlantis or Treasure Planet, that's what they wanted to be. It's something like Raya. And with uh, Raya and the Last Dragon... Uh, the action, number one, is just absolutely intense. And even the animation is just so beautiful. It's so luscious. Uh, the world building that they have done is just very much admirable. Like, th this is, like, really... Uh, like Di Disney going like top qualities. Like so this is some of the best that some of the best computer animation that Disney has done so far with Raya. And uh, especially like even the characters are really enjoyable. And I would say that um, above all else, I would say Kelly Marie Tran is the best voice actress this yeah. year for an animated feature. Like her performance as Raya is what really sold the character. It's what really got me so engaged with it. And uh, at least for the Annie Awards, I do hope that she does win for Best Voice Acting. She did such a phenomenal job in this. And honestly, when it comes to the to the um, to the message of trust, I know that it is very debatable, and some people do have issues with it. But for me personally, I think it really does work well, and I feel like the timing of it actually feels pretty perfect because with this um, because with the pandemic that we are dealing with. Like, it does send out a message that I feel like we do need, that we need to learn to trust each other in order to fight against the greater evil out there. That, mm -hmm. yes, we do have to, like, trust each other, get together, and do the right thing in order to fight against, like, the bigger problem that is out there so that we can return back to normal. I feel like it's kind of similar to Zootopia, where the timing of it is actually perfect for the kind of message that it wants to say. And that's what... Uh, for me, really does sell it well. The only criticism that I do have is that, admittedly, the comedy feels a bit out of place, even especially with um, with Aquafina's performance as Sisu. But still, though, that's not to say uh, Aquafina was bad in this. She did she did a very good job as uh, Sisu. But overall, though, definitely one of my biggest highlights of the year. Great movie, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, just really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it was really good. Uh, so next we have Demon Slayer, uh, Mugen Train. Uh, this was the movie based. Uh, they have the series, the anime series, and uh, it 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 was really stunning. The animation was gorgeous, uh, and the whole uh, the whole world building, the lore of uh, this uh, Demon Train and these uh, you know these fighters. And, uh, I mean, I haven't seen the show and I still felt like I, you know, could follow it pretty well. Um, and, uh, they're basically, it's kind of, it's kind of like sort of Buffy a little bit, you know, they're going out and trying to, you know, kill these spirits and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was really well done. Honestly, I have yet to watch it, but I know I will soon. Um, pretty, you know, soon this year I am going to be, well, uh, well, pretty soon this year, I am going to be planning on watching the Demon Slayer series, and I will also include watching the movie yeah. as well. So uh, I have heard a lot of amazing things, especially the fact that uh, apparently it did beat the record. Like it said, screw you to your name and no, screw you to, spir name. to Spirited Away to become the highest grossing Japanese movie of all time. I, I yeah. could be wrong, but yeah. like it did break those records. So <laughs> I think this is something that I got to 
to see for myself, especially that now it has placed itself in film history that way. Yeah, it's not as good as your name, for goodness sakes, but it was it was solid. Um, <laughs> okay, and I know I have this one way higher than you, but I have next Sing 2, and I actually liked the first thing. I love the soundtrack. It is amazing. I would, I've listened to it over and over again. Uh, and, like, the story was, was fine, but I really love Rosie as a character. I think it's so like refreshing to have basically like a stay at home mom that's got struggles and things like that, 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 uh, and she's pretty honest with her kids and like the relationship between her and her husband and the fact that she has like dreams outside of like being a mom. And, uh, I, I don't feel like you ever see that in children's films, like, uh, that, I, I think that kids could look at Rosie and say, and then look at their, you know, they, their moms, if they have a mom who's uh, staying at home and kind of realize, oh, maybe there's a different side to her than, than I had realized. Maybe she does have things outside of, of my life <laughs> uh, that she wants to accomplish. I love, I love that character. I think it's, it's really good. And I just love the songs, the music. Uh, this one definitely sing to, took itself way too seriously like i was like what is happening like why are why are we like so depressed like all the characters were very depressed oh, they, were, but, they were shaking that's yeah, one really thing were. i've noticed like you see uh, a lot of characters like they, they're they're shaking their heads it's like oh wow like they're really taking it to the next yeah, level and, like bono is about to like he's got like major complex here and uh, I don't know. I, I guess the music was just so good that it won me over and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Ha, sing too. <laughs> yes. The movie that I drove a godforsaken hour just to watch <laughs> it because my government shut down all cinemas. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh <sighs> my God. Oh, absolutely. But anyways, um, uh, back to, uh, sing too. Honestly, I actually did enjoy Sing. I don't think it's like spectacular, but I do have a personal soft spot for Sing. Um, like the movie itself is good, but also um, Sing honestly is a movie that brings me back uh, to when I was a theater kid and I was doing like these small community shows yeah. for an audience that's basically just the parents of um, who's in the show. But um, in right. Sing 2, I, I feel like it's more or less the same thing, but now they're trying to make a show in Vegas, or in this case, Red yeah. Shore City. A lot of it does feel the same, and unfortunately it does have the same issue of quantity over quality, where there's just too many plot lines that are happening, and not enough of like the really good ones to really focus on. Like For me, I actually really like the plot line with, um, with, with uh, Clay Calloway, uh, who, who is played by Bono. And um, there are some that I feel like they're just a bit of throwaways, like Johnny's plot line, whom Johnny I loved in the first movie. But in this one, it's kind of like, yeah, we like, OK, you're, you're just doing the same thing as like a lot of the others. Which you're one was Johnny? Of, is that the um, Johnny gorilla? is the one? No, no, no. Yeah, he's the gorilla with the, uh, you know, who has to face the intimidating dancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah that one you probably remember oh, yeah. in the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in the, the trailer lead. you probably remember I can see your tippitos <laughs> and um, yeah but I will say though that like if there is one thing that is worth watching in Sing Two it's the show that they put on at the end 
Like that is actually oh, the music that, that actually so does good. make it worthwhile to see on the big screen, not just the music, but even the animation. Like this really does take illuminations animation style and what they can do and really take it to a whole new level. Just watch that alone and it will mm-hmm. help give you some confidence and give you a little bit of relief that maybe the Mario movie is in good hands with illumination like that like maybe the movie itself is not really that great but the uh show itself is actually like wow that was actually quite spectacular if that and there was another reviewer who said it but if this is uh an actual las vegas show and i would pay to see that show in las vegas i would be happy i i think it would be worth it I agree. I and I love uh, Tori Kelly. Uh, her voice, oh, so beautiful. And I, that whole character, I like. Uh, and Mina, I guess her name is. Uh, oh yeah, falls in love she's... with Pharrell Williams because you can't have an Illumination <laughs> movie without Pharrell. I mean, but I'm just personally dreading Minions too. I hated the first one. I I'm not a big fan of the Minions as characters. I just I thought the first Minions was so lazy. And uh, I don't know. It was not for me. Um, so, I don't know. I'm like, well, one oh, thing man. I, uh, I got to say, you got to get, like, one thing I do admire is the fact that it really does delay its time so that it wants to be on the big screen and delayed it for two whole years. Yeah, crazy. I don't think no other movie you could you can actually say that. That's, like, more dedication yeah, to Maverick. The- that's the only other one. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that I will say. Like, Minions show more dedication to the big screen than Pixar and Sony. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Next, I have Luca. And I really enjoyed this film. I I just thought it was such a sweet, relaxing film. Like, if I was going to watch something that... It's just going to be relaxing. I don't ever describe it. I just right, it reminded me of like a cross between Porco Rosso and Ponyo. And that's a high compliment for me. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was very sweet and simple and enjoyable. And I uh, love the animation. Of course, it's Pixar. But I appreciated that they didn't uh, emotionally manipulate us as much as they sometimes do. That this was just a sweet, simple story. And we didn't need to have, you know, our our hearts wrung out and hung dry like most <laughs> fix our movies. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I, I will say when it comes to Luca, I feel like it's kind of the antithesis of what we think about animated films. Because nor- nowadays, a lot of animated movies, they, they can be so bombastic. They want to be so action-packed. They yeah. want to feel, you know, they really want to make the screen feel busy and just like, ha- like have things go fast-paced, like go bam, 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 bam. But Luca is the kind of movie that's actually a lot more soothing, a lot yeah. more relaxing. This is, this is the kind you just kick back and relax and like this is the closest thing we actually got to a slice of life movie this year and honestly that's kind of the beauty of luca i feel like that's a a very welcoming change of pace where we got something that's a lot more calming than something that would constantly go crazy again and again and again and well well how ironic is it that Pixar ended up making a better Studio Ghibli film than Studio Ghibli. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, because, yeah, especially, like, with the animation and the tone of it all actually does feel like a Studio Ghibli film. And you could tell, well, of course, Pixar has been known to be massive Studio Ghibli fans, and this is kind of, like, their biggest tribute to them. And I felt like it really did pay off so beautifully. So, uh, overall, I think um, just just for being so different than not just any other Pixar film, but any other animated feature, or at least the mainstream ones that we have gotten in recent years... I feel like it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great achievement. I do applaud it for that. Yeah, I, I just, I thought it was really great. And I, I was so glad to get to see it at Animationist Film on the big screen. And I hope that once we've gotten to more of a sort of equilibrium with all of this, uh, that maybe they'll do either like a Fathom event or some kind of thing like that, that people can see these films that went straight to streaming on the, um, on the big screen. Yeah, that and Soul. Oh my god, yeah. I would love to see Soul on the big screen. Me too. Me too. Uh, all right, and Vivo. I'd love to see Vivo on the big screen. I they had oh, it in yeah. animations film, but it was uh, in conflict with uh, another thing that I wanted to see. So, oh, all right. Enough. Then we had Encanto, and yeah, I you know I loved Encanto. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed as somebody who's from a big family, a big extended family. Um, I thought it really did a good job in capturing that feel of an extended family where everyone's in kind of each other's business and <laughs> everyone has their opinions about how you should live your life. Um, and I like Mirabelle as a character. I thought she was really good. I loved Bruno. I, my favorite song in the movie is we, we <laughs> don't talk about Bruno. I thought it was such a catchy tune. And we don't really talk good. about Bruno. So let's sing about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> It was really good. I think it's the best song in the movie. Uh, and, and, um, uh, but yeah, I liked all, all the characters I thought were really well done. Even a character like uh, the Abuela, which normally that would be a very one note character, you know, just like a sweet grandma character, but she was kind of complex. Oh, she yeah. was, she was very flawed and difficult at times. And, and so I was like, this is really interesting. I just, the animation is gorgeous. Uh, the, you know, the songs are really good. I thoroughly enjoyed Encanto. Yeah, for me, I'm going to be honest, this, I think, is the best animated feature of the year. Like, Disney really got a major winner with this one. And I think with, with this film, it really does solidify why I love the works of Brian Howard. Uh, like, he, he, has already he has already directed a lot of great Disney films before, like Zootopia and uh, Tangled. But then, like, we also got this and it really adds, like, this is another great addition to Disney animation. And for me, I feel like this pretty much combines all the great elements of, um, like, some of the great movies that we have gotten this year. And you just package it into one feature film. Like, you got a great soundtrack by Lin-Manuel Miranda, just like in Vivo. You got the uh, heartfelt message of family, like you got in Mitchell's vs. the Machines. You got the, um, the soothing, like... Um, Oh, crap. There's also something with Luca. Oh, I forgot what it is. I think it, it's the um, relatable character, like the character, yeah. the, the sweet. The friendship. The, yeah, the friendship and like the the heart of the characters from Luca and the beautiful, uh, complex and rich animation from Raya. And as a result, you got like this massively colorful animated feature uh, filled with life, uh, a very engaging plot line. 
And just, it's just so much fun all around. And just like you, uh, I actually come from a pretty big family. So I could actually see um, a lot of things that I could personally connect with. And even even the soundtrack in general is just great. Not just uh, We Don't Talk About Runo, but also one that I really do love is Waiting for a Miracle, which um, I personally feel like is kind of like... Uh, a new like the new generation of something like let it go where it's something that feels very relatable but also like really packs a powerful punch True. at the same time yeah so, that is a good one so yeah overall with Encanto like it's a new it's Disney's new animated feature it's very and also very Disney where it is also very whimsical especially with the house that's almost like uh you know you know that 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 comes to life in a similar way like the objects in Beauty and the Beast um overall again i think it's the bet like if, if i would put in uh number one it's definitely Encanto. it's the best animated feature of the year it's so much fun disney did an impeccable job with it so i i adore this yeah it was it was excellent it made my top 10 just movies in general of the of the whole year uh all right then we have flea and i don't know if you had a chance to see flea no, unfortunately, I haven't. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know where, like, where, where would be a cinema that would go and present it. But I will say right now, even though I haven't seen it, I know that I need to watch it because this is definitely the movie that everybody is keeping an eye on, especially for awards season. We know for a fact that this is going to be the indie film that is going to be nominated for like best animated feature. But there's also that chance that. It could get a nomination in plenty of other places for best uh, international feature and yeah. even for best documentary. This is the kind that could actually make history. And I am very, very curious myself to uh, check it out, especially when I've heard a lot of amazing things about it. It's so good. It's so good. And I mean, I saw it way back at Sundance in January and uh, I, they've done such a great job of, I feel like it's been screened at every single festival. Like it was at TIFF, it was at... Uh, South by Southwest. I mean, every any chance these people had to sh- like pro- promote Flea, they did, and uh, and so that's awesome. And I just loved it so much. It was so moving. Uh, the ending, you th- you think, oh no, it's not going to turn out good for him, and you're just sort of like cl- closing your eyes, like oh no, and then it doesn't happen the way that you think, and it's just such a relief. And it's like oh, and uh, you know, it just it crossed so many different mediums and genres and uh, was just such a incredible experience to watch. And so it's uh, it's a great film. And um, I hope that I, my one worry is I kind of worry that people will kind of think that, oh, well, the documentary branch is going to cover it. So we're not going to vote for it for animation or they think the animation branch is going to cover it. So we're not going to vote for it for documentary. Uh, you know what I mean? And or yeah. the international branch is going to cover it. So we're not going to vote for it for that. And I worry that it it might get kind of messy in that way. Um, you should vote for it for all three. It deserves it for all three. <laughs> no, I would love to see. So. Yeah, I would love to legitimately see that. Like break hit. Yeah, like 
break break new grounds, make history, like for best international film and for best um, for for best documentary as well. Like I, I want to see more doc like animated documentaries. Like I I personally think Waltz with Bashir is one of the best animated features in history. So I so yeah, that's another reason why I would love to see Flea. So. Yeah, I, I would we be have to seen see more in general. We've seen some anime documentaries, like you said, Waltz with Bashir. Tower is really wonderful if you haven't seen that. But this is the most intimate, most about you know one person and their story, and uh, so I think that you know that sort of sets it apart. Uh, and um, it's just very special. It's a very special film, and uh, I hope that. Uh, it, it gets some kind of a, a larger rollout. People get to see it because it's it's just very special. Oh, I um, love, yeah, like I would love to see this be on, like on Netflix or something. Yeah, like, if they can pick that up, I hope so. Uh, next, I actually have a short that I just want to talk about for a second because I loved it so much. It's Us Again, and this was before Raya and the Last Dragon, and I actually think it's like might have hurt Raya a little bit for me because I was so blown away by the short <laughs> that like, even though Raya was solid and it was good, this, this to me was just the best thing that Disney produced all year. And that's saying something because they had a great year. I just thought this short was gorgeous. I loved it. I loved the whole story. I loved the dancing. I loved the animation. I was bawling the first time I saw it. It was just so moving to me. And I, I just, I, I think it's perfect. I wouldn't change a single thing about it. I absolutely loved it. And uh, it, it's actually in my top 10 just movies of the year, even though it's a short because it's still a movie. And uh, I, I just thought it was just chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I actually had to refresh my memory just before coming into here. I watched uh, us again on uh, Disney plus um, I wasn't able to watch Raya on the big screen. So I wasn't able to see that before, uh, I wasn't able to see it before the feature film, so it was much later that I had mm. to see it. But with that said, um, honestly, I would like I wouldn't necessarily say it's my favorite uh, animated short of the year. If I would have to pick one, it would be Twenty Something, like one of the Spark shorts uh, that was released uh, later in the year. Like that one was absolutely amazing. But Us Again, yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, it, it's it's one that like is kind of surprising how much energy that it immediately puts out, especially where it has such great choreography Ugh. all throughout, and um, it has a very sweet story about like this old man like who wants to try to recapture his youth with his uh, with his love with the love of his life. You know, it's very sweet. It's a lot of fun. It's you know like. Because it's a short, like it's not going to have as big of an impact for me as uh, Encanto, but still, for what it is, it's a very, you know, it's it's very solid. Like, mm -hmm. like what they want to do, they actually did manage to nail it very well. Especially like the animation going all out as much as like both mm -hmm. Raya and Encanto. And if it doesn't get, in my opinion at least, if it doesn't get nominated for best animated short, I will riot because I think it's so great i mean and i hope that zach Parrish, the director i hope he gets some really great things from this mm -hmm. because i i just i don't know, i just thought it was really special yeah and uh, a quick question by the way considering we did bring up uh, us again uh what are your thoughts to the uh animated short before Encanto for um uh fall from the tree i believe what, what is it called again yeah something like that i didn't really like it i thought it was weird <laughs> Oh really? Like, I don't know. Like, why am I watching this nature short? I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I just... far from the tree. There we go. Yeah, it was. It. Was, I don't know. I didn't love it. 
Okay, fair enough. I, I thought it was fine. Like, I get what it was trying to do, but... Yeah, it is one of Disney's weaker animated shorts, at least in terms of the ones that they put out this year, like compared to Us Again mm-hmm. and uh, compared to like the Spark shorts as well. Yeah. But I love the fact that they're putting shorts because I just love anime shorts so much. Oh, I, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Almost done. Uh, <laughs> next, we have Belle. And uh, this movie, uh, I had such an incredible experience with at uh, Animationist Film, which was such a great festival. It was so well run, so well done. It was so much fun. The panels were all great. I highly, highly recommend it for any animation fans. It was really fun. Uh, But uh, we went there and uh, Mamoru Hosada was there. And he introduced the movie and he was talking about what an impact Beauty and the Beast 1992 had made in his life and how it had inspired him to want to become an animator. And so he's like, this is my stamp on the story, my take on the story. And so the it was just an incredible experience. Uh, the, the whole, every seat was taken. We were all just vibing on the movie. And so that is, you know, something that impacted me. But still, just the movie is so stunning, gorgeous, and I just really loved this whole story of basically what happens is this girl, she goes into a virtual reality uh, space and she becomes this singer and she she's afraid to sing in her real life. But it, she becomes this like pop diva in this alternate reality and um, she meets this uh, kind of wounded dragon, I guess you'd say. Um, who's sort of the beast character and the whole time you have her experiences outside of the virtual reality and she's becoming getting to know these boys who have this abusive father and so you have that whole experience and she's like trying to help and she also has this friend that she kind of has sort of friend zone kind of ex- character too there's like a romantic kind of relationship sort of Anyway, and then everything going on with the beast and her like singing in the virtual reality. Uh, the movie is absolutely stunning, gorgeous. Um, I don't know if I would say it's better than Wolf Children. Wolf Children is perfect, um, but uh, but it's beautiful, stunning, and I absolutely loved it. The music is so great, um, and uh, it's just a special film. So I, I uh, it's coming to uh, at least to U.S. cinemas on the I think the 14th of January. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, uh, I hope everybody will get a chance to see it. Yeah, I would love to. This is another indie film that I would love to see as well. I've heard a lot of amazing things and especially uh, how this is a massive collaboration, not just with like, it's not just Mamoru Hosoda's movie, but he also brought in a lot of like prominent animators involved. Like uh, Jin Kim is the main character designer of Bell. He's known for designing many uh, of Disney uh, of Disney's uh, characters that we know today. Like he's the designer of like uh, Frozen, Big Hero Six, Moana, and many many others. And uh, I believe there's some Cartoon Saloon animators like Ross Stewart that also yeah. worked on this as well. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And it's just so lush and gorgeous, The like I said, the animation. And this, I feel like it's the culmination of all of the great things that we've had from uh, Hosada in other films. It's got the the virtual reality of Summer Wars. It's got the um, the uh, kind of the parenting slight angle with the boys, uh, with the, you see in Wolf Children, the girl left through time is you know, sure you're in, you've got your insecure 
female character here. Um, and so uh, this does feel kind of like a culmination of everything that he's they obviously boy and the beast as well. Like it, of everything that he's tried so far, this feels kind of in a way like his magnum opus. And I, I just think now that I've seen this film, I really do think he is as, as incredible of an animator as Miyazaki as you know, he's right. He's up there with the greats. Uh, I would, yeah. Uh, wow. That is definitely high praise there, but yeah, I would definitely love to see bell. That's like have that you, and flea. I want to, I want to get the opportunity to see it. Myself. Have you seen wolf children? Um, not yet. I do no, have the Blu-ray though. As, I'm ready. I, yeah. You I, should I do it do as it. one of your, um, uh, look backs, one of your classics. Oh yeah. Or whatever. yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last one. <laughs> is Mitchell's versus the machines. It's my favorite. I just, I fell in love with it when I first saw it. I still love it to this day. I watched it. I don't know, four or five times this year, which I don't have time to rewatch movies. I got to see it at animations film with Phil Lord was there. And that was incredible. Um, I just, this movie it's the animation is incredible. Absolutely love how they integrated 2d animation in with the CG created its own unique style. I got to interview Mike Rianda, uh, the director, because I, I just enjoyed the movie so much. And he was, he was great. And I, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really endearing. I definitely, as somebody again, who's from kind of a big family, I could relate to the family dynamics. I loved Aaron. So cute. <laughs> the brother was the best. Yes. Um, I really liked the mom. I really liked the dad. I really liked, <laughs> All Katie was a great character and I was rooting for them. And I even liked, you know, Olivia Coleman as the villain. Um, it was surprising. Yeah, was it was funny. It was everything you could want in a movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I think there's no denying Mitchell's versus the machines. And I will say how funny is it that like we started this list with a Lord and Miller produced yeah. movie and we ended off on a Lord and Miller produced movie. That's true. But this is, but this is one that absolutely did it right now. I will say, like, controversially, I don't consider this, like, one of, like, the best ever. Like, I don't put it at number one on my list. I do find that, like, there are a few flaws here and there. Like, this is, like, in a way, this is a bit of your typical road trip family film where it does follow in the same footsteps. Uh, like, it, it does have a lot of very strong similarities to a Goofy movie in terms of its narrative. Mm -hmm. That and also, yeah. I will say... Katie, yeah, Katie can be a bit of a jerk where like I, I was a lot, I, I was rooting a lot more for the dad more so than I was for Katie. So like, but I, I think honestly, that's because we're not teenagers. Don't you think? Like, yeah, that I know when case. I was, when I was her age, I was dying to get out of the house. I could, I was counting down the days and the moments till I could get to college and my, and my, my mom uh, my mom had a baby when I was 18. And so the last place that I wanted to be was at home with my family. And uh, I just, I, so I, I really related to it on that level because I think, I just think that time, that age in your life, you're like, you want to get out, you want to do. Uh, and so I, I think that's where she was kind of coming from. Okay, no, fair. Okay, that's a very fair excuse. But with that <laughs> said, I do agree. This is easily one of Sony Animation's best movies that they have done. This is yeah. an absolute blast. The animation 
is very much on point trying to capture that 2D like style um, where like every shot really does feel like a living concept art. Like whatever they had yeah. planned uh, in, the pre- in the preliminary, like in pre-production, they managed to actually bring that to life. Uh, this is Sony Animation's funniest movie where like every, like it really does feel like at every moment, it like it's not just like a little chuckle or, or like it gives a laugh. Like it gives out a very good laugh. Like, there's a lot of really funny moments. I won't say that all of them, uh, like mm-hmm. they nail it perfectly, but there's a lot of like really good jokes that do make up for it. And Mitchie the dog. That... Oh, oh my God. The potato dog. One of the... I love that potato one, dog. One of the great animated dogs. In my opinion. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I love, oh my God, that dog is just great. And thank <laughs> like, goodness oh... they didn't call it connected. That, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind connected personally. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't think it would be that bad of a title, but also, um, it also it, this is another movie that does have a lot of heart. That uh, similarly to Encanto, that does manage to get the message of family out and does capture it in a very beautiful and heartfelt way. So yeah, honestly, yeah. with uh, like I do get why people love Mitchell's versus the Machines. It really is that great and that fun of a feature film mm-hmm. like it, it's an absolute blast watching it yeah i just loved it and i immediately like i showed it to my nieces i showed it to i just wanted everybody i knew to watch it and uh i was so glad that i got to see it on the big screen they did do a small rollout uh like for a weekend uh in november and hopefully they'll do that again because I just hope that people get a chance to see these animated films uh, or uh, not just animated, but uh, any of these films that didn't really get a, a true release. I hope they get it. But but yeah, I mean, it's just such a strong year in animation that I had in my top 20 total films. I had, uh, let's see, five. I had six animated films in my top 20, which is pretty good. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of these, like, they, like, they definitely are among, like, th- this is really the kind Seven. of year where, like, there are some animated studio. there are some studios that they really put out their all, especially, like, with, um, with Disney, uh, with Encanto and Raya, with Sony, with Vivo and Mitchell's. Like, the, yeah. the, like there, there are some that are really putting out their A game. And especially when it comes to next year, we're going to see so many more animated films. It's, it's going to be so fascinating excited. to see what the future has in store. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's a, just a very exciting time to be an animation fan and to be able to watch all these great films. And uh, yeah, I just feel very very fortunate so well thank you so much i know this is a long podcast but thank you for bringing me over this was definitely a lot of fun it was so much fun and uh anytime you you want to come over it was great i really appreciate it and um where can people follow your content Okay, well, my main well, if you want to follow me, uh, my main place is on YouTube. My channel is uh, Electric Dragon Five Hundred Five, where I would do history videos like my animation lookback series. Which this year I will be starting to add a new edition with the mm. animation lookback, The Muppets. Uh, then oh. I also got um, well, the, and also at the same time, you could check out like uh, reviews and a lot more animation related content. I'm also on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me at Matt Brunet, aka Animat. 
And uh, yeah, that, that that's pretty much where you can go and uh, discover who I am and indulge in uh, my little piece of craziness. <laughs> yeah, y'all should definitely check it out. It's really fun. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also check out everything over at Hallmarkies Podcast. A lot of fun over there. And uh, please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you're uh, listening on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. Really appreciate that so much. Also have the merch store, which has hashtag animation junkie shirts. So take a look at that. And also check out the Patreon group. I really appreciate that so much. And uh, so thank you so much, Matt. I I had such a great time. This was really fun. So yeah, same here. (laughs) Have a happy, happy new year, everybody. Bye. See you later, dudes.